the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Tuesday, January 25th, 2022, as we head into our second hour of our daily three-hour tour from the Guns Etc. studio. It is a delight to bring two great friends into the studio, one I've known about 40 years. Our families have known each other longer, and one I've known about five or six years, and uh, delighted to have them both here. Kim Miller and Robin Snyder, they formed Arizona Women of Action. You guys want cowbell? This is cowbell. Let me give you their website, azwomenofaction.com, azwomenofaction.com. They have a great event coming up Thursday night we want to tell you about, and you can go to the website to learn more about it. But the entire story and organization is itself a great thing. What are we going to do? Start an organization. Absolutely. Start a movement. It's young, but boy, have they already moved mountains? Welcome to the studio, ladies. Thank oh, it's you. so fun to be here, Seth. It's so good to have you here. Uh, if you want to know what I was like in high school, you can ask Robin. Oh, yes. I'm so happy to hear all your dirt. <laughs> all laundry. the dirt. She has it. She's the keeper. That's why I'm always nice to her. Any, anyway, oh. Arizona Women of Action. Who wants to start about how this germ of an idea became this oak tree that it is? Who wants? Kim? Robin? Doesn't matter. Well, I'll just give you it a start. go. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know... It's funny to even be here across from you, Seth, because a year ago, I never would have imagined I'd be doing this. You know, I was a happy housewife, got three kids, busy with all that stuff. And uh, everything that happened with the election just really created a fire um, amongst myself and, and a lot of our friends and our generation. And there were about seven women, and we were all on a group text together. And I just, out of frustration one day, named it the MAGA Pack. And um, I didn't even know what a political action committee was, by the way. But I named it that. And all of a sudden, it became very political. uh, And we started adding people in. And um, we added Kim Miller in. And there was just so much great movement of where we were, what we were thinking of doing. And Kim really is the one who took the bulls by the horns and said, we need to start this political action committee. And we need to um, get active and pull our friends in here. And let's start making changes to make Arizona red again. Yeah, and I had just gotten to know Robin maybe a year before, if that, and she put me on this text chain, and and I'm going, these women are just about getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. I mean, we would not be just complaining and then, you know, that's it. We'd be saying, well, then what do we do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, we heard that one of my most, uh, you know, pivotal realizations was when the um, Black Lives Matter mural was being proposed to go in front of the Capitol, and we all just went, what? No, we are not going to be Portland. God bless We're you. We're not going to let this happen. So we figured out, well, how do we how do we fight back? You know, so we looked into how do you get on the agenda at the Phoenix City Council meeting coming up? How do you write letters? And so we just started sharing what to do. And pretty soon we're sending out emails then. And we had hundreds of people writing in and, you know, requesting to speak at the meeting. And then they took it off the agenda. So we're like, hey, 
this isn't that hard. We right. can make things happen. They like to do things in the cover, and once it gets attention, then they start. That's the first rule you learn in politics, isn't it? Once you start shining a light on what they don't know very much about, and they know you know a lot about, they kind of tend to go away a little, don't it's they? It's so true, yeah. and we realized that our voices had been silenced, not because we we just have been busy living our lives. Like most conservatives, we work hard. We have families and businesses and things. And and we realized with all this frustration Robin was talking about that we've got to do something and we have to start paying attention. And we discovered if we just do a little homework and share what effective action there is to do on these issues, whatever whether it's politics, education, or cultural issues, more women are like, yeah, sign me up. I want to get involved. I want to take action. Is this a little bit of a version of what a lot of us saw? You guys were ahead of this curve, but what a lot of us saw nationally coming out of Loudoun, Virginia, after enough being pushed around, the mama bear stand up. Is this kind of a little bit, oh, little bit of your story? Yes, 100 mm-hmm. percent. I mean, Seth, last January we decided let's have a summit. There's enough women who are interested. Let's just all gather in one place and let's talk about what we can do and what we can get done. So that was last January. So we had 77 people respond. They RSVP'd. We opened the doors and 100 showed up. And that was when we knew, okay, this is really something that's needed. And so we carried on. We send a weekly email, and it has three items that you can do in under 10 minutes that are just action items that really make a difference and impact culture. But what's been really great is someone asked us, we had a new gal join our board, and she said, you know, I I just want to understand, is this like a sorority? (laughs) And um, actually, my mom is on our board, 76 years old, and she said, no, this is really more like an army. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in battle, and... Um, we view each other as kind of warriors. We're out there to fight back, and we're, we're going to push back. Both Kim and I have long roots in Arizona. I'm a fifth-generation native. She's married to a fourth-generation native and really has been a native here herself. And we, we, we believe in Arizona. We believe in turning Arizona red. We believe in turning mm-hmm. the, the nation red. But we're just going to start here where we're planted. And I think we've made a lot of inroads. We started with that small number of 77 people that came to our summit last year and now we have over 2,000 people on our email list and I mean exponentially growing just today I had three people sign up that texted me and said hey I want to know more about this and so they've signed up for our email so it's really um, great Mm -hmm. to see oh yeah and then we had another summit in April and just that one we had 500 people at that summit and we had to shut off registration and now here we are um, getting ready for this one um, you know this this Thursday Thursday night this Thursday tell us just a little bit about that. We'll come back to more of what you guys do at Arizona Women, what you gals do at Arizona Women of Action. I'll, I'll get more into the merits, but to make mention of the Thursday event uh, if you want to. Yeah. So this one, we've called it Arizona Awake, Reviving the Pulse of Freedom. And our main keynote speaker is Sheriff Mark Lamb from Pinal County. And he's going to talk about his, his uh, speech is called From Borders to Front Doors, mm-hmm. How Law Enforcement Makes Freedom Possible. And then we also have, uh, we wanted to highlight a couple of our other women of action in our group. And we have one pair of women in from the West Valley who started a, a whole parent group um, to fight back against some of the overreaches and the ridiculous curricula going on at the West Valley schools. And they started a whole organization. And now, now they're both running for school board there. There you go. And then we have another woman who has been doing a lot in the area of medical freedoms. Mm-hmm. And so she's been very involved, invited uh, Peter McCullough in town and, and some other things. She's really going to talk about how 
women and anyone can find their voice in that whole discussion, how to have more effective discussions with people about these medical freedom issues so we can open minds. Really, that's the, the goal. Well, and, the, and we want to let you know that it's um, this Thursday. It's at the Embassy Suite Scottsdale, mm-hmm. yep. and the doors will open at 515, and, but the program will really start at 630, but we'd love to have everybody come and mingle. We're going to have some tables set up where people can gather information, but the real um, fun of these summits is just to see other friends there, meet new faces, find out what other people are doing in their neck of the woods, and how you can join in. And, and knowing you're is, not alone, right? I mean, there's great oh. value in this. You know, people, I have listeners and stuff and callers, and I just tell them it's also important that they call in. It's important that you stand on these corners with your signs. It's important mm. for people to know they're not crazy when the rest of the culture, the rest of the news organizations, the rest of everything is telling them they are crazy. A, they're not, and they're not alone, right? Yeah. They just don't know yeah. where to go. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Exactly. 100%. And this is not only for women. There's, there I was going to ask. There are going to be men there. A lot of men, men have been coming and showing. Showing up anyway. It's mm-hmm. always funny at these other ones. Just and, don't and let them take over. We just, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are well, doing actually, just fine. Well, we have a lot of men on our email list yeah. because they'll take those three actions and they'll do them. Yeah. So um, a lot of us wives have roped our husbands into it for better or worse. But I think it's been a great thing. And it's, you know, it's actions that aren't intimidating. Anybody can do them. So it really is a, a great way to get involved. And we'd love for everyone to sign up. And, you know, if you go right. to our website, you can go to ArizonaWomenOfAction.com and you can subscribe to the emails. And that's a great way to jump in and get started. What are to give people an idea, what are some of those three uh, uh, action items that you guys ask? Of well, people? we have a lot of action. The three, we just decided to make a top three. Mm-hmm. At the, at the, so if anybody's just really overwhelmed, they only have time for the top three, we try to decide which are the three most important actions this week. But all we Oh, it's weekly? Weekly. Oh, God bless you. Yes, uh, we do a lot of work. It takes a lot, but we have a, all of us are doing our research on different areas, and some of them have to do with political issues going on. A lot of them getting people to sign up for RTS, for the request to speak um, system at the Capitol, because legislators, we yep. learned, really do look at those. No and, one knows about this, by yes. the way. I mean, I knew about it because I'd been there before to do it, but vir- virtually no one knows that. You can go to the legislature and actually address these senators and representatives on pending legislation. Well, actually, Seth, you more, don't even have to be in person. More people know that than you think, but they're, they're Democrats. <laughs> and, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Fair enough. they filled out the RTS. Fair they've enough. figured it out. And so we need to get active. And last year, we added over 500 voices. To the RTS system, which made a huge dent in what they were, the legislators were previously seeing. Because when we first, when I first logged in, there were like three thousand people on the RTS system for on the other team, and there were only like you know. 180. 20. Yeah, whatever. It, it, it was just it. crazy. Brought mm-hmm. in probably by lobbyists, to be exactly. honest with you. Oh. That's what I've often seen there. If ever there's a conservative point to be made, yes. it's usually from someone uh, in, uh, having brought them there from the lobby industry, usually, if it's a Republican uh, piece of legislation or desiderata. Let me take a quick commercial break. We'll come back. I want to talk more. I want to talk about your views on curriculum and COVID and everything else you, got, you great women are doing. Arizona Women of Action, AZ Women of Action. Dot com. Check out their event this Thursday night. You can get more information at that website. You can also call these ladies. As you can tell, they're not, um, they're not shy to take on questions or controversy. <laughs> 602-508-0960. I love what you said about pushing back. Flannery O'Connor said the success of Western civilization will be to the degree to which we push back as hard against the age that pushes against us. Mm-hmm. That's these two women wearing their Let's Go Brandon t-shirts, I should mention. We'll be right back. <laughs> Wow. 
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's a delight to have in studio Kim Miller and Robin Snyder, two dear old friends. They are co-founders of Arizona Women of Action, which is holding a great meeting and a great discussion with a lot of great uh, leaders, civic leaders here in town, including Sheriff Mark Lamb. This Thursday, their website, azwomenofaction.com, and uh, anyone can sign up for their regular work and the regular doings and becoming a member, uh, but you can also go there to find out more information about uh, what you're calling your Winter Summit 2022, correct? Yes. I want to talk to you about your views and your organization views on everything that's before us. Before I do, I have to circle back to what sounded like might have been one of the first things you circled around, which was when you said you noticed uh, or you saw a story that activists or someone, I, I don't remember who, was going to put a BLM banner across the state capitol. And that anim- – Kim, talk to me about that mm-hmm. because it was a very unpopular thing to oppose anything BLM related. I remember getting calls and calls and emails and emails from listeners from museums and schools and C3s. They had all been donated, donors to, et cetera, et cetera, writing them how they are affiliating with the BLM movement and they are examining their inherent and, uh, and internal racism, internal racism. And I was – I had very strong – as many of these people, I had very strong feelings about that. But it was very, very hard culturally to push back against it. You guys had no problem with it, right? Right. No, we saw it me. right away as a very racist organization and that it was going to do more damage to the very – connections and the the racial um you know peace and harmony that we had already built up over hundreds of years we had we have overcome so much in this country there is not one country on the planet that is more inclusive and accepting of everyone no matter where your background or what you come from what your skin color it doesn't matter here we really don't care we just care about what your values are mm-hmm. and that's what it should be based on martin luther king junior we just celebrated him and that was his view but this thing came around and it was going to divide more than it was going to help anyone and it was using black people mm-hmm. that's what really got me mad is what they were doing is making a political move they were using black people and in their and their communities for political control and so the premise was wrong from the beginning to say that this is a racist country and basing it on these these shootings and deaths that had been happening. And there were many different reasons. And that's a very fair and, and good question to ask. Why are these people? Why were they shot? What was the situation? You always have to go through. And they the were all process. different. And they were all but different. To exploit race on but, behalf of a Marxist movement, which is what it was. And people mm-hmm. were afraid to point this out, even though the founders had no problem in explaining right. that they were on trained Marxists, right? Yeah. right? Exactly. They, they did state that. And the thing is, not one of those stories ever showed a, a shred of evidence that the officer involved was racist or did it from any racial motive. So then that took, you know, we, we looked at each other, why are they doing this? Why are they making this a racial issue other than to take advantage of people's emotions and try to control people's um, thoughts and what's going to be the result of that? And it was only going to be violence, what was happening in Portland. So it was all out of a concern for truth and for the communities and for respect for black people that they were exploiting. So that's well, why we got Well, this is delightful to hear, I have to tell you, in a very serious way, because while some people will take an incident and build a movement over it, in fact, BLM did that, you took the BLM 
impetus and built your movement off that, pushing back against what everyone else was bowing down to because they were afraid otherwise. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. actually did have reservations about it. They were just kind of cowed into silence and afraid to speak, weren't they, Robin? One hundred percent. You get that today on all your issues. Oh, on every issue. But, you know, and really, I mean, I blame the media. You know, there was such a a united campaign to just shove BLM down our throats. And, you know, it made you you were made to feel like you were racist Mm -hmm. if you didn't, you know, go with the BLM wave that was just shaping up. And I I really am grateful, actually, for it, because it it certainly got us to get active and get out there. And then when we saw what we could do and the impact we could have, we thought, you know what, this we've got to carry this on. We've got Mm -hmm. to do more and and just to continue pushing back and to continue kind of shedding the light on the fact that. This isn't BLM is not who you think it is. It's not what you think it is. And it's certainly not helping the people it says it's going to help. And now it's kind of translated into this interesting kind of pedagogical quasi semi intellectual movement of critical race theory that's now infecting into our elementary system Mm -hmm. in a way that's been there dormant for a while, dormant to the extent no one noticed it. But it's been there for a while. And over the past two years, thanks to COVID, I suppose, a lot of people, parents such as yourselves, kind of woke up to this issue now, too, which is one you work on. Oh, I woke up to that. Um, You know, COVID moved everything home, as as everybody knows. And so all of a sudden, my then freshman is, you know, attending Zoom classes um, from his bed, wearing no shirt and a sombrero. And I'm... (laughs) Why the sombrero? I know. Because he's a freshman. Okay. And, um, you know, and the teachers didn't even require the cameras be on. I mean, it... It was like unbelievable. But so I got to listen in to a lot of stuff that was being talked about in the room. And and remember, this is also after, you know, the January um, insurrection and all that stuff. But um, all of a sudden, the teachers, you know, they decided with COVID, they kind of went off the playbook. And whatever curriculum maybe they were using, uh, you know, or supposed to be using, they started inserting supplemental material that was not from the curriculum that the school, you know, had had included. Um, But also, too... uh, in, buried in the supplementals of our public school district that we're in is a lot of CRT rhetoric. I mean, the the uh, the school the the curriculum that they bought, uh, the people that actually wrote the curriculum had in the kind of in the praises of their publishing group that these people were skilled in you know. CRT training. So it's it is really COVID brought to light a lot of that stuff. And that's when when our son was online and I witnessed all that. I uh, took a video of it and I sent it to our principal at our high school. And then I also copied um, the editor of our local newspaper on it because I said, this is just not right. This is indoctrination. You're not teaching, you know, you're not teaching the facts. You're not teaching reading, writing and arithmetic. Let's get back to the basics. And something needs to change here. And that's really when when I jumped in the fight. And that was actually in January before the BLM stuff. So um, it's just there have been a lot of things that have percolated to the top thanks to COVID that we've gotten, you know, been able to kind of say we need to get active here. We need to be more involved. You Are know? schools the most important place right now? Is this why we're, you're helping to train people and work with people running for, you know, uh, school, boards? school boards, et cetera? That is one of our top areas oh, okay. to get involved. Absolutely. Because kids are the future and this is what they are trying to do. They've, and you're right. It's See, I think the exposed. left knew this before we mm-hmm. did. Oh, yeah. I think the left understood this 60 years ago. Yeah. And we were asleep at the switch until about maybe two years. I mean, maybe 10 people in the conservative movement were talking about this. My old boss was one. But most people were 
turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to this until mm-hmm. recently, right? Yeah. And so I, it's one of one of the things I always say when people say, "Well, what can I do about X, Y, or Z?" I think I think the best answer is run for school board. I don't oh, think people realize how much power. That's who decides the curriculum. Well, and become a precinct committeeman. Absolutely yeah, right. Let's pick up thing. on all of that on the other side of this break. Kim Miller and Robin Snyder, delighted to have you in studio, improving the look around this place as well as the sound. They are co-founders of Arizona Women of Action, azwomenofaction.com. They have a great summit this Thursday here in Scottsdale. If you go to azwomenofaction.com, you can find out more about it. And you can follow them on all social media as well, AZ Women of Action. I'm Seth Liebson. They're Robin and Kim, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth. They are Kim Miller and Robin Snyder. They are co-founders of Arizona Women of Action. AZWomenOfAction.com is their website. The more the merrier. So anyone who's interested, please look. And if you're interested in signing up, please do so. They have their big summit this Thursday here in Scottsdale at the Scottsdale Embassy Suites. And Mark Lamb, Sheriff Mark Lamb, and others will be Mark, right? Yes, Mark Lamb. Yes, I um, I love that guy. Have you ever? His book is great. My God, he has a great book. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you more a little bit about the left. Used to have this bumper sticker for years: "Think globally, act locally." Mm. That's now our cause, isn't it? Do you want to? Do you want to yes. talk about the importance of getting? It's not always the most seemingly sexy thing to do politically, but it really is where the impact is, isn't it, Kim? Yes, that's what we've learned. And I, I want to also assure people that if you are worried about jumping into something that just seems so, you know, oh, I've never been a political person or I'm just too afraid. I don't really know. I'm afraid of looking stupid or I don't have all my facts. You don't have to have all your facts. You just need to do some research. Or, and we do most of it for you. All you have to do is start getting our emails and we send you resources, links to great articles that we find. We try to pull together all of the uh, legislation that is coming up that you can make your voice heard. And I want to make sure that people know the, the request to speak uh, system. You don't have to go down there and show up and speak in person. You can just vote from your computer a thumbs up or thumbs down. And that's really impactful, too. Nobody knew this. Nobody no. on our side knew this. You're correct. Right, we didn't know this. So there are ways that you can just jump in, whether you have five minutes or five hours in any given week, and you can look at the issues that are important to you. So we really do cover a broad range of things every week in our email. And we also do put things out on our social media. So so, um, Instagram, we have two different accounts there. We have one that's main, and we cover medical issues, the medical freedom things that are going on. Um, if there's something happening in, in politics or a petition that people can sign um, about education or you know anything like that, they um, they can find that anything that's really timely we we try to put out on social media. We also started one called AZ Woke Schools um, on Instagram AZ Woke Schools, and so we we because we kept getting all these women sending in. Gosh, can you believe this picture? My my son came home and you know here's this sex ed thing. My my son was just given this by the nurse or this or you know, and so we're just sharing it and getting it out there and exposing to the light what schools have been doing. Are you guys, are you ladies seeing, uh, we'll get back to the race part of this too and the, and the COVID part of it, but as long as we're talking about the sex issue in, in, in schools, are you guys seeing a lot of transgender stuff or enough to make you concerned oh, at yeah. the elementary schools? Because that's my first objection. Yes, we'll get into the transgender debate, but growing up, I mean, we were all over, well, I, I should say our parents were of the understanding that 12-year-olds don't know jack of anything. 
Exactly. Why are they talking about anything having to do with this? They don't know Jack, you know what. They just don't. Right. Why are we introducing this? I guess where there's a vacuum, the left wants to fill it. Right, well, and Robin? I have to tell you, Seth, it's, it's really criminal what's going on in some of these elementary schools because the – I don't know if it's the National Association of you know, Educators, but the libraries have right. these yes. books right. that have been brought in. Right. And so you don't know it as a parent. You have no idea what the teacher's reading to them in class. And all of a sudden – You never go to the school library as a parent. Right. You never would. And who would think to ask, hey, by the way, do you have this list of books? Right. That you, and what I'd like – anybody who's listening, please go to our website. We've got the list. And, you know, um, Christopher Rufo, who's done so many great things um, to fight CRT, there's a list of of books that you should be asking your local libraries and your, um, especially your elementary schools, middle schools, what, do you have these books? And who's assigning them? I mean, who is reading them? Some of the books are completely obscene, but they're also really, um, you know, they're introducing things that should be introduced at a dinner table, not in a classroom. Right. And so that is... 18-year-olds, not six-year-olds. That's exactly right. So um, anyhow, yes, we have seen that, and it's really, it's troubling. And it's sad, too, because there's, you know, these, these kids are buying into it because the first person who tells them something is the authority on that. So if Johnny comes home from second grade and at the dinner table you say, well, what'd you read today? And he says, well, I read that, you know, Bobby has two mommies. And then, and my teacher said it was great and what have you. Um, and then, that I can become a mommy too. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And, and, but then that teacher's the expert. And if, if we say anything like, well, let me tell you our thing. Well, the kid is thinking, well, I heard it first from the expert. So, you know, that's it. So First you introduce confusion, right? right. And then you pit oh, yeah. the child against authority figures. Of right. Who to and believe in who this, to trust. this is really why, too, we had talked about getting involved locally. We really need for everybody all hands on deck. And it's not about your ability. It's about your availability. And if you're available, we need you. Let me come back on that a little bit and talk about this thing people are learning about called PC. It's not politically correctness. It's precinct committeemen. Can we talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that when Mm -hmm. we come back? I'm Seth Liebson. They're the Arizona Women of Action or two of the many Arizona Women of Action, I should say. AZWomenOfAction.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Two of the many Arizona Women of Action are in studio with me today, Kim Miller and Robin Snyder. Their summit this Thursday here in Scottsdale, the Scottsdale Embassy Suites. You can get more information on that at azwomenofaction.com, as you can about all their activities. We were talking about the local aspect. doesn't always seem to be the most pressing, but that is really where so much change takes place. Talk to me a little bit about that. You were saying precinct committee. I was saying school boards run yes. for that, but also precinct committeemen, which is even easier to run for, really. Right, right. right. Um, and that was something we realized um, we need to get a lot more people. There were uh, so many vacant spots from on the Republican side where the Democrats, as, as they always are, very organized, and they have lobbyists and people who are paid to do that. We're just... You you know, doing our thing. So now we have to get more and more people. We got, I think, over 100 people to sign up as precinct committeemen this yeah. last year. And now it's coming up to a time where they have to be elected. So there is going to be a process and there's some deadlines. So if anybody wants to apply to become a precinct committeeman, what that is, is in your district or your precinct where you vote, um, they're divided by, I can't remember, I, I can't speak to specifically because there's so many details to this, but I, I know enough to, now I am a precinct committeeman. I was glad I got in. And um, But you represent your neighbors in a certain area who are 
registered Republicans, let's say. So if you're on the Republican side, you know, that's what you're doing. And then you can vote and you can vote to, I guess, put the money in your party behind certain candidates in the primary. And there's a lot of things that happen at the precinct level. So it's really, really important to get more people to fill those spaces, people who are more freedom first type people. Mm -hmm. So um, people who are just going to you know, it's a good old boy network, and we've seen what, what has happened with that. And if you're frustrated with your party, don't give up on it. Don't just try to start a new party. Make your party better. Mm-hmm. Get involved and find out what the issues are. And like I always tell people, every year, every election year, we get all hung up on which candidates are running or things like that. But you really got to focus on the values that those candidates stand for, what they're saying, and then, um, you know, fight for those that are going to stand up for your values. So this is such an important issue to me, especially in primary season. You know, don't just go to the person that sounds right or the new shiny thing you can have, as with anything, retail sanity, but wholesale madness. Where has this person been on the issues before? What have they been doing the last 10 years? Where were they in the fights we were in? Right. right. I want to see a sermon more than hear a sermon these days. And I think conservatives are waking up to that after enough, mm-hmm. enough trails. We're kind of really waking up to that in a good way. Robin, I wanted to ask you something. You both have experience with public and private schools, and you've both worked in both of them from Arizona Women of Action and as just being mothers. Can you make a difference in a public school? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And it's encouraging. I mean, it's it's a long road. It's a hard fight. And um, it's it's, you know, it really requires all hands on deck. The hardest part, Seth, is um, just getting getting the information, getting truth, you know, because we're not in the classroom. And so we do rely on the materials our kids come home with. And that takes a lot of extra work. It does take extra effort. But, you know, it's uh, your kids are, are yours. And, you know, you should be in discussions with them. You should be talking about your values. You should be hearing what their assignments are. And you should be working with them on that. You know, I remember when my son came home with an assignment and it basically was talking about um, – you know, when they were tearing down all the statues. And he said that he was supposed to, you know, kind of write an assignment that kind of went along with that a little bit. And I said, listen, and if you were to take our family album and you went back, you know, many years, I can't tell you that we've got excellent people all along the line, but you don't tear their photos out and throw them away. They're part mm-hmm. of the fabric of who right. we are. It's the tapestry that well, made us nice us. And... Y- so, you know, but that's why we don't tear these things down. These are a part of American history. They're a part of who we are. And just because we've lost the framework of what was going on at that time in that place, we can't strike them down because of it. So, yes, to your answer about the school boards, it's so important. I just can't say it enough. Um, you know, we live near the school, and I can hear the band when they, when they practice, oh, fun. which is really awesome. But I will tell you that even if only one guy showed up and he was a, a great trumpeter, I wouldn't be able to hear him. Mm-hmm. And if maybe he got 10 other buddies out there from the band up and they were all excellent players, I still wouldn't be able to hear it, Seth. It's only when the whole band yeah. shows up that I can hear it at my house. And this is a time in our state, in our nation, in our homes, locally, in our school districts, where everybody does need to show up. And it, it's not just, you know, moms. It's dads. It's everybody. And we all need to be show up. We all need to be pitching in. And we need to be voicing our voices. And I c- encourage people. Just last night, I had two people texting me. I said, write an editorial to the paper. Submit it to your local paper, whether it's, you know, Scottsdale Progress, whomever it is. 
write an opinion piece. Yeah, let, again, let people know they're not alone. Yes, yeah. but mm-hmm. also too let let the school board know they're on notice. Yep. You know, I when I send an email now to my principal, I copy the editor of our local paper. I just want him to know I'm going to tell if they, you know, I'm I'm going to be that person who's a little bit obnoxious because we're sick and tired of being kicked around. And these are our kids. They're not their kids. In, in the 1950s, a philosopher named Hannah Arendt warned about using children to play out the political games of adults on the schoolyards of our nation. Mm. Are you finding that particularly with COVID, that our children are being weaponized? Kim, Robin, either one of you. Is this what motivates you more than anything, the war against our children? Oh. Is there a war against well, our children? And there's is it total motivated? war Absolutely. against our children, and, but it's indoctrination is really the war that I see happening, where they, they're providing an ideology, an ideology and they're creating the framework around it all without us knowing. And, you know, before you know it, you know, your kid is 16 and spouting off at you with stuff that is not part of who your value system is. See, that's so interesting because it used to be college, right? Parents used Mm -hmm. to be used to having their kids come home from college spouting things from philosophers with French names they never heard of, justifying some terrorist act in a country they never heard of. Now it's high school. And, and increasingly middle school and elementary school, yeah. isn't it, right? Well, and I have the to lab say, leak of our time is what came out of the ivory towers, not what came out of Wuhan, oh, right? Absolutely. And it's it's coming into the elementary schools, and that's the thing. And, and it's not even uh, that they're being taught things that are against our own values or as parents. It's being taught things that are against the, that child's own values. You're getting them to question everything about themselves, and they're looking at they're, – they're fearful. I mean, they're told to walk around with a mask to be afraid of something that's going to kill them when virtually they have a zero per, yeah. percent chance of dying. And so you're instilling fear, and, and, and their examples that they're looking up to in these teachers are really – uh, you know, of paranoia and control and division. I mean, why do we want our kids sitting under those kinds of leaders? Mm-hmm. So that does beg the question, well, what are we going to do? Um, not, I mean, like you said before, it doesn't matter whether they're in a public school or a private school. Many of them are doing the same things and kids are in the crosshairs and they are actually being used in this whole um, effort. So it's damaging the kids. It's really it's it's a crime to see and, what's and happening. And it's going to take a lot of time to get dig out of this one, I think. The mm-hmm. learning deficits are probably the least oh, of it, though the most yes. tangible, but really in large part the least of it. Let me take our one more break before we come in, come back with some concluding thoughts on this. There was this temptation in the conservative movement. It comes around every six or seven years where con- some conservative scholar or thinker will say it's time to withdraw from politics and back out of politics, particularly if you come – Uh, from a position of faith, my gosh, the answer couldn't be more in the other direction. It is not Mm -hmm. time to withdraw. It's time to get involved. These Arizona Women of Action are showing you how and showing you what can be done. azwomenofaction.com. We'll be right back with a concluding thought. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. There's some music from high school that you yeah. all remember, Little Eddie Money. <laughs> I want to thank Robin Snyder and Kim, Kim Miller for coming in and for co-founding Arizona Women of Action. Again, their summit this Thursday at uh, Scottsdale, Scottsdale Embassy Suites. But their work is ongoing. The most important thing will be what you do once you leave that summit, not going to the summit. azwomenofaction.com is their website if you want to sign up and get involved with them. 
Uh, closing thoughts, anything you didn't get to address, Kim, Robin? You want to say something about this country? You want to say something about faith? You want to put yeah. it all together? What do you want to say? Sure. I do want to say that we we are founded um, by a group of women who are from the Christian faith background, but we are centered around the idea of freedom, and that applies to everyone. And so we have people of all different faiths and backgrounds coming in, and, and that's what fuels the um, ability for everyone to, to express themselves and to follow the God who made this country possible. It truly is a miracle that we even have this country and it's worth fighting for. So we just want everyone to know um, that. And and just the point that this government, in a sense, right now is what we're going through is truly I wonder if it is there's no separation of church and state when the state itself is spouting a religion, a dogma, when it comes to either COVID or uh, transgender issues or all of these things. There is far more uh, sort of a cultish yeah. dogma and censorship that you are not allowed to even think or be a heretic outside of their thinking. So really, that is the religion. We are for openness. And so um, I think we need to. We need to center around that. And I'm hoping that there's inclusive uh, potential between the entire anyone who is right of the left, you know, whether you're an independent, you're a libertarian, there's a place for anywhere on that. You can get behind freedom. And that's what's going to make a difference. Robin. Well, and Seth, you're a historian, so you, you would know. I think it was Thomas Jefferson uh, was his quote after coming out after signing the Declaration of Oh, Franklin, I think, is where you're oh, going. But yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and they said, how did it go? And he said, well, you've got your republic if you can keep it. Yeah. And that's really where we are. I mean, this is going to be a fight to the finish line, and we, um, we, we need everybody to step in and get involved. And that's really what yep. keeps us going every day and why we're so grateful to be able to be on your show and tell your listeners about it. Well, we're grateful to have you in Arizona and uh, maybe – Maybe. I mean, we do have a lot of listeners in other states, in fact, other countries, mm-hmm. but maybe uh, some women from other states will listen to this and maybe check in with you and we can get some other chapters going across the we country. That's got to be on your planning mind. planning on doing that, yes. Great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Kim, Robin, the pleasure, the honor, the privilege has been mine. Thank we you very much. Us. Thank you Thank so you. much. ACWomenOfAction.com is the website. Their summit this Thursday here in Scottsdale. Check it out. Check them out. Um, I don't know. You're a PAC. You can endorse. I don't know if Ooh, you can no, endorse. We're also right a here. C4 now. Yes, and you have a C4. So all I'm going to say is I'm not a C3 or a C4, but I endorse you. <laughs> Godspeed you. and God bless. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 